the reason why we've been having these shows repeatedly about deconstructing all this fakery connected with this so-called COVID thing is that we are trying to educate people well enough that they know this subject better than the local MDs, better than the local health officials. We've had innumerable MDs, PhDs, chiropractors, PhDs, you name it, on the show. Today we're going to have another expert on this subject. We want you to understand this stuff so that they try to start these lockdowns again. We have enough people out there to just tell them we're not participating in this nonsense. And with that being said, today we're having on the fakeologist. How are you doing today, Tim? I'm fantastic, Tom. How are you? Very good. So I'm glad you could help us out. You live up there in Canada. You've got a wonderful website. Fake, Thank you. The, the, it's just fakeologist.com, correct? That is correct. It is a simple one-word website, and it's a term that I decided to use because back in the day before Donald Trump came around, most people didn't associate fake media with anything, so I wanted an unbiased name for people to come with an open mind and learn. Well, not only did I look at your website, although I can't say I'm an expert about your website, but you cover a lot of subjects. You've also got a pretty amazing channel called FACOTube. That's F-A-K-E-O-T-U-B-E. And that's uh, what roughly 5,000 videos that you've collected on different subjects that you think warrant more attention, correct? That is correct. Plus, I do a show Sunday through Thursday on FACOTube, and I needed a reliable place to live stream. Now, all the other platforms like YouTube, they have a bad habit of censoring and deleting, and they'll even interrupt a live stream and cancel it. So I really couldn't deal with that kind of censorship, so I needed my own platform. Now, obviously, it may not be as sexy and slick as YouTube, but it is very functional and it works. And thanks to generous supporters of my channel, I'm able to stream it from five locations around the world, and it is quite reliable. So that's that's the main reason. Plus, all the videos I put up there, they tend to get deleted and shuffled off to some really minor video platforms that don't work very well. So I wanted to put my favorite videos on there so people could reliably find them, download them, share them without censorship. So that's what we all need to do is well, get our I, own piece of, yeah. I, I hope you still keep doing things on YouTube because even though it's run by morons, they do have a lot of coverage. And basically every time they take you down, it gives, gives us more chance to throw mud at them so more people realize what morons they are. But uh, you you use Rumble. How, there's so many uh, great channels. There's what Rumble, BitChute. Uh, I can't even. And then let's see, Mike Adams has yeah. that channel. Brighton. You you experimenting right. with well, those? They're not, they're not all great. BitChute doesn't work that well most of the time. Rumble is just another mainstream site that is on the stock exchange now. I don't know who owns it, but I think it'll be next to get. Once they go mainstream, they'll start deleting stuff. So that's the modus operandi of all these channels. Is how they, that's how they do it. Well, we want to encourage as many of these channels as possible because even though the, um, the club or cabal or whatever in the hell they call themselves 
even though they have quite a media presence, and that indeed is going to be part of the subject today, there's just so many thousands, if not tens of thousands, if not millions of independent voices out there uh, pointing out what the truth is, and we want to encourage everyone to do that. I don't see these other channels as being competitors. I see them as we're all working together to get the truth out there, and it's very important. Now, the, yeah. the reason why I'm having the fakeologist on today is he's interested in something I'm interested in, which is with the preponderance of control of the media in the hands of this club connected to the World Economic Forum, and we could go into that, but uh, that's really not the subject today, is that they can just make up lies and repeat them on enough radio and TV stations and newspapers that they can convince people that pigs fly. I mean, they don't even care anymore whether it has any semblance of truth. They just repeat absolute nonsense. So whether you, I mean, I didn't always notice that. When I was, when I was younger, I just sort of assumed that the media would tell the truth. But as I got into it further, I realized something was seriously amiss. I can remember the reporting of the Kennedy assassination when I was in high school, I can remember it just like it happened yesterday. I was sitting in a high school class, and they turned the TV sets on so all the students could watch. Now that I'm older, I realized what percentage of what they told us about the Kennedy assassination was just absolute lies. And the same with 9-11. 9-11, they really overextended themselves because it fell apart rather quickly. There's just so many gaps in the stories, then you have this COVID thing. But if you're a history buff, you could go back to the Lincoln assassination or what the truth was about Andrew Jackson or what was the true nature of the Civil War or what was the funding of World War One and World War Two. Uh, it just seems endless, the amount of lies and deception the media is promoting. And a lot of it's very well thought out deception. It takes some time and energy to get into it. So on your FACO tube, you, you're covering, even though the show today would be mostly about how fake the virus is, on FACO tube, you, you've got hundreds of subjects you cover, right? Oh, yeah. Well, anything in the mainstream media that's promoted is most likely fake. Now, it's really hard to believe if you've never heard that concept before. And don't listen to Donald Trump's fake news stuff, because he really watered down the whole idea. He doesn't address what I've always addressed. Anything that he disagrees with, he calls fake, for the most part. But in reality, almost everything promoted by the mainstream media is a fake story. And most of these stories are written by some of the best scriptwriters from Hollywood, and they're promoted by the intelligence agencies that run the world on the behalf of the obsoletes. These are the richest, noble families of Europe that have always had the money, and nothing has changed over hundreds of years. It's, it's pretty amazing. And they also studied people like Edward Bernays, where they're very adept yeah. at using hypnosis and repetitive conditioning. And they That's they right. just keep pounding these absurd lies in over and over and over again. So when and they, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you mentioned Bernays, because I just watched the Adam Curtis documentary, or started to, and, and this, this ties in with what you were saying earlier. We have to convince people of the facts. But Bernays found out and figured out through his Uncle Freud, people don't care about the facts. They... 
care about emotional stories. So that's what he specialized in. The facts don't matter. They don't convince people. People believe what they want to believe. They get swayed by emotion. So it's great that you brought up Bernays because he was the expert at that. And as you've noticed, COVID is being sold strictly on emotion. They don't they don't care if you know what a virus is or they don't care about contagion. They just want to tell everyone that if you don't do what they say, you're going to hurt grandma and make everyone upset. And that's what works. Who wants to hurt grandma? We're not going to explain viruses to grandma. Well, so let's Bernays, Yeah. <laughs> well, it, this is related to Bernays. Let's let's touch on the whole concept of uh trauma-based hypnosis. That's so. So when nine eleven happened, millions of people were sort of in a state of trauma, watching these towers fall. And when you're in that state, you're not in your logical mind. That's when That's they right. try to implant ideas in your head. So what were they doing? They kept saying over and over and over again, "Osama bin Laden did it. Osama bin Laden did it. Osama bin Laden did it," because they knew people were in a weakened in very receptive frame of mind from the trauma of watching the towers go down. Any, any comments there, fakeologists? Absolutely. Trauma-based mind control. That's how they do it. They, the number one motivator for people is fear. And once people are in a fear state, they lose their brain. They don't think logically. I mean, most people here in your audience probably are familiar with the Star Trek TV show from the late 60s, early 70s. Sure. And every story was based on fear and what did captain kirk who did he always turn to to get a a read on what he should do next there was always two people competing for captain kirk and giving him advice there was the hyper emotional doctor mccoy and then there was the person without or the vulcan without emotion who was spock and Spock always broke the situation down in terms of logic. And that's why the captain always went to him, because he knew that Spock wasn't influenced by fear or trauma, because he had no emotions. He was emotionless. So that is really the best example of why we should not submit to their fear and emotional campaigns. And all these major psyops, including the latest Colorado gay nightclub show if you watch the news carefully they never talk about the fact it's always emotion they always start with a heartbreaking story not once do they go into the logic of what happened and why the logical story would be impossible to believe so they don't even talk about it they just go right for the heart heartstrings and sell the bs through emotion, and they know it hooks people every single time. Well, <laughs> that was certainly <laughs> that was certainly the case with COVID because, uh, well. I mean, they were launching a campaign to scare the wits out of people, and yeah. they also know a disturbing fact that roughly twenty percent of the general population is very hypnotically suggestible. There's twenty percent of the population that's so hypnotically suggestible that if you get them in a deep enough state of hypnotic trance, you can tell them they're a duck and they'll get down on the floor and start quacking. And those were, <laughs> yeah. those were the people they were looking for. So they, they knew that some of us would question the whole COVID 
fakery immediately, but they didn't care yeah. because if they could get 20% to sign up for this fakery, they could sell yeah. vaccines, push vaccines on that 20%. Vaccines they knew were loaded with poisons, vaccines that they would make tons of money. Of course, it gets into who was given them the money. Where in the U.S. Constitution is the U.S. government supposed to buy vaccines and distribute them to everyone? This whole thing is loaded with so many uh, lies and deceptions. Where, where was that authorized? Certainly, it was not something that was presented to the American people. So I'm curious, uh, Mr. Fakeologist. Yes. Let, tell us, tell us all the levels of fear. You were up in Canada, so I mean, let's. This is like watching sort of some sort of eruption of a volcano in the middle of the Pacific. Describe to me how you saw the fear being presented in Canada, because I'm sure it was similar to here. Well, yeah, on most of Canada is similar to California. We have a very left-wing, left-leaning population. They're very obedient. And we had anything that happened in California, you could probably see happen in Ontario with the fear, the trauma-based mind control, where they're just scaring the crap out of people with the lie of contagion. And this is another logical fact that they conveniently never talk about. And that is that it's never been proven, even though it's implied all the time, that humans are not contagious. Humans can't make each other sick. Now, we may all appear sick at the same time, which impl implies contagion, but that's because we're often exposed at the same time to the same environmental toxins, so we all come down with the same symptoms. So then we think, oh, we're just passing it to each other, but we could be just drinking the same poison water. But the effect is the same. So they use emotion to get us off these topics of logic, where it's not logical that we are contagious. I want to I harmonize with what you just said. The average person has no way of telling whether someone's sick from a virus or from a toxin. That toxin could be a nerve gas, like sarin. That toxin could be something in the water, something in the air, something in the food. And the yep. funny thing is most of these MDs can't tell the difference either. The, no, the amount of time. and not trained. Right. And it takes a lot of time, trouble, and money to do all the battery of tests to see what toxins a person might have been submitted to. So I, I want people to see this as a possibility. If you had criminals in the pharmaceutical industry, God forbid, it would be very possible for them and their allies to distribute poisons that would cause people to get sick, and they can intentionally misdiagnose that as a virus. And that's right. exactly what they were doing. And that gets into the whole thing of whether viruses have ever existed. We've had many MDs and PhDs on this show that don't believe in viruses. The whole viral theory is just nonsense. It was cooked up by the Rockefeller Foundation around 1910 to push vaccines. Uh, wh when did you figure out the viral theory was nonsense, Mr. Fakeologist? Well, I knew there was a problem with the, the, the whole idea and concept of vaccination where you take a little bit of denatured poison, put it in you like, for instance, alcohol, and then eventually your body can defend itself against this this poison 
and if the poison comes along again in a greater or stronger or what they call wild dose, then you'd be able to handle it. But I really wasn't really deep, diving deep into this because this was never on anyone's agenda or menu until COVID started. But the whole idea of viruses and really what makes us ill came up. Most fakeologists probably looked into the whole AIDS situation that happened in the 80s. And the same character, younger version of Fauci, was at the forefront of that story. So I had been looking into the, the whole AIDS scandemic, which was really targeted at a very specific group. So if you weren't in that specific group, you probably weren't paying attention. Although they did try and make it seem like it applied to everybody, but there was no evidence of anyone outside a certain community getting sick, so obviously we didn't pay attention. And that sort of fizzled away pretty much after the whole Magic Johnson fake story where he said he had it, but he was taking medication and he was fine, even though he didn't look he didn't look sick from day one until day Right today, he's still playing that, what I call, medical celebrity hoax. They hire these these influencers, which is what they're called now, but in the past, just sports figures and actors, to pretend and play roles because they know people pay attention to them. So really, I never looked into the whole germ theory, terrain theory, in depth until now. Because now, so many people in the alternative medical community are talking about it because now they finally have people paying attention because we're all wondering what the heck is going on. So this is a worldwide audience that has opened up for people that question the media, question health. And to me, it's a great apocalypse, which is just a revealing. Finally, we have everyone's attention and guess what? They're all going to have to continue pay attention to pay attention because this is not going to stop. It's not over, guys. It's a long way from over because the great resetters have a lot of work to do. And well, we have targeted, a lot of work to yeah. do too to expose their criminal criminal nonsense. Uh, going right. back to going back to the AIDS thing. Uh, right. We we had on Celia Farber and Dave David yeah. Crow and all sorts of people who were around back then, and that's when I started to see the mo. The mo of this whole thing is they put some sort of poison out in society, like with polio, it was DDT, with the yeah. Spanish flu during the period of time of World War One, it was the vaccines themselves, and yeah. during the AIDS thing, it was basically the drug AZT. So this is the MO people who are listening and paying attention, is they poison a bunch of people with some drug or some vaccine, and then they say it's a virus. It's an intentional misdiagnosis in order to bring in the next step of the deception, which is get this particular drug or get this particular vaccine and we'll save you from this horrible virus. And it's all a construct. So. I can remember back then in 1990 or so, I turn on the TV set, there would be Rock Hudson or Freddie Mercury or Rudolf Nureyev, 
a lot of famous people, a lot of good people getting AIDS, and they'd have these uh, a horrible appearance. They'd look like walking cadavers. You'd see them in their hospital beds, and it looked like they were going to hell. Just absolutely. By the way, agony. I want to correct. I just want to interrupt you to correct your language. Nobody gets AIDS. I know. I'm. I'm just out. I'm. I'm just out. We can't use their language. Okay, that's fine. If we use their language, we're falling for it. I'm just outlining the fakery here. Just, just hang on a second. So anyway, they were telling you these people had AIDS, but it wasn't until much later it became apparent that the people were not dying of AIDS at all. They were dying from AZT. AZT was a horrible, satanic, demonic poison just like these vaccines are given to people. So they know because of the phenomena of trauma-based hypnosis. They know from the phenomena of 20, 25% of the people are hypnotically suggestible that they can just go on the TV and tell people they're sick repeatedly. And people think they have some sort of illness and they'll run down to the hospitals and want the vaccine. The vaccine has poisons in it that makes a person sick. Then they convince the hospital, pay more money to misdiagnose that as a virus, and voila, they create the fake numbers. Um, oh, any, yeah. any comments, Dr. Fakeologist? <laughs> well, the homosexual community or the sodomite community is, is more, more uh, in the past, which is how it was described. They had... They were they were ill at, from other activities, including drug experimentation activities that caused their illness. So they they were they were they were sick. They were ill, which is all related to their lifestyle. So they did go to the medical community looking for answers. And the the only thing the, the medical industry sees everything as a nail. So they only really have one or two solutions. So that's when they came up with the idea that the gay community were spreading a disease, an infectious disease amongst themselves. But in fact, all they were doing was using a certain very toxic drug to engage in their sexual behavior. And that was what poisoned them and then gave them the symptoms of what they discussed. First, it was called GRID, which I think is gay-related immunodeficiency disease. But then Fauci decided to expand that so it was more general, so it could be applied to others and be and get more sympathy because not everyone is sympathetic to their small community. So that's when they always bring in the infectious angle because that way they can come out with drugs to stop the infection and stop the symptomology, which is all medical. Most of the medical industry, that's all they do even today for everything. So, for instance, if we are sick and have a cold and get a fever and get chills and get runny nose and coughs, all all the medical community can do is give you drugs to suppress your body's natural reaction to these so it's so the medical community will make you stop coughing will make your nose dry up which doesn't help the healing process but it makes you feel better 
so no i i agree and there's many many aspects of this uh so when this when this covid thing first started yeah. um when did you what were what was the thought process you had of how fake this was and how it was rolling along and how how you gradually begin to see through it well in media fakery there's always one big event every generation and a generation you could define as 20 years so most of us that had been looking at 911 we figured it's been about 20 years something is going to come up and they've been signaling about mass vaccination and contagion and a pandemic for a long time. They've tried it many times in smaller doses, the swine flu, the bird flu, the Zika, the Ebola. They've been doing it every few years, but I don't think any of us predicted it would become, it would be a worldwide rollout. But we were prepared for it, the people in our small, tiny community. And the minute this was announced on 3-11-2020, and by the way, they didn't say it was a pandemic. They said it could be characterized as a pandemic. They use word salad all the time. So really, <laughs> they never said it was a pandemic. They said it was like a pandemic. It could be characterized as a pandemic. So they, they use these words to somehow exonerate themselves from any liability because they could say we never said it was and you see them saying this even today about everything they've said they said we never said it was contagious we never said this was a vaccine we said this was an experimental biological injection we said all that we never said it was mandatory to take it we just and so and and if you look back in the records it's true they never said half the things they implied implication is not the same as a direct statement so I was ready when they when they used those weasel words on the first day I knew this was just going to be a simulation and I also figured this was going to be their 10-year reset plan to reset the entire financial system which was reset in 2008 but they needed to do it in a bigger way cuz they are at the end of the debt road we are everyone is so negative in debt there's no more negative so what do you do what, is, what do you do when you're so far into the hole, you have to declare a day of reckoning, which is what we're going to, is going to happen any day now, any month now, with the financial system. Hmm. But we knew, we just didn't know how big it was going to be, and of course now we're seeing it, and it's, uh, it's worldwide. So in your circle of friends and up there in Canada, have you seen many people die from these vaccines? We've been telling people for decades that vaccines are poisonous. Um, yes. And that it's really the height of fakery, the vaccine concept. Yes. Uh, the concept that you can inject something in your bloodstream to make you healthy, and yes. it's not necessary for you to exert yourself. You don't have to run or swim or eat right or get out in the sun or do any of the things people do ordinarily to get healthy. No, you just give them some money. They inject some obscure thing in your bloodstream and supposedly you're going to be healthy. Of course, when you look at their background and you see how many people they've killed with their other drugs, you would think that would make people suspicious. 
You'd yeah. think they would be suspicious when people can look up the insert and see what's in most of these poisons, poisonous vaccines. In fact, the uh, COVID vaccines, they went through a lot of time and trouble to hide the ingredients. Isn't that correct? Well, yeah, they, they definitely played games saying, well, can't release it right now. We can't tell you what's in it because that'll affect our competitors. Uh, they definitely played games on that. And they just played duck and cover, and once, once, their, once their hand was forced, then they revealed it. But by then, the effect is already over. People have already moved past it. They don't care, they don't care what's in it at that point because the operation is already underway. Now, we care because we're the 5% or less than 5% that's looking into it. But most people in America and around the world are addicted to drugs. They're addicted to the medical system. And they can't, it, it wouldn't even cross their radar to figure out that the medical system was actually one of the leading causes of death, iatrogenic death, which is death by doctor, death by treatment. It's pretty amazing. So, um, yeah. on your fake on your fake tube, uh, you know, there's a let's see, what do we got? About four minutes left. Um, okay. So one thing that uh, we don't have enough time to go into a lot of detail, and it's very controversial. But I can remember years ago seeing these funny little uh, blurbs and blogs that would say things like Michelle Obama's a dude. And I used to think it was hilarious. And then I started looking at it more closely, and I thought, you know what? There might be some truth to this. So how did you start thinking about, what do they call it, elite gender inversion or transvestigation, where a lot of these uh, people in this club, they, they pride themselves on reversing their gender. And you look at them on TV, and they, they look like regular people. But if you go, right. if you go on... Um, the internet and look up Chuck Schumer, look at his wife. It looks like a dude with lipstick and Michelle Obama is very suspect. So what do you think? Is Michelle yeah. Obama a dude or is that just a, you know, a woman with unusually big shoulders where <laughs> I would think that any, any woman that had shoulders that were four or five inches wider than her hips, how could that be a woman? Well, listen, the argument is that there are man like, women and girly like men. I think we agree with that. But people should be aware, and they are being made aware by the obsolete, that there is what's called a transgender agenda going on right now. I, I think most of us realize this is happening. So if anyone spends two seconds looking into the whole agenda because they're pushing it, we're not pushing it, the elite are that rule the world, are pushing it. So you have to ask why. And you have to ask, well, how long has this been going on? And what is the purpose of all this? That, that's really what motivated me. Now, I, So when you start looking into it, you realize that these elites have been trying to play God for a long time. They've always wanted to usurp God. And they've always wanted to do better than God. So this, when you go down the rabbit hole, which you and I have done, then it goes very long, very deep. This has been going on for a long time, and you will be shocked when you look into all the religious, all the medical, all the anti-human, all the eugenic roots of this. So 
they're not just telling your kids, they're not just telling their three and four year olds about trans, the transgender, just because they want them to have an open mind. There's a deeper, more anti-religious, more anti-spiritual agenda, and there's huge billions of dollars of money behind this right now. Well, we're so running I out. Encourage everyone to look into it. We're running out of time, Tim. So. Okay. We're, today we're interviewing Tim. You look at his website, fakeologist.com. That's F-A-K-E-O-L-O-G-I-S-T.com. Look at his other website, FACOTube. That's F-A-K-E-O-T-U-B-E.com. And if you're interested in what he was talking about, you can see stuff on elite gender inversion, on the fakery of COVID, uh, 